Remember last night when we were creating a gang sign for We Can't Be Friends? No, it's like this. No, it was very much like this. It was very much like that. It was not in the middle. It was like it was this. Like this, and I said we do it like that. No, we said we would do it like this. Yeah, and it very much looks like we're having a stroke. Yeah, because Welcome to We Can't Be Friends. We're having conversations with your ex is possible. What's up, y'all? This is your boy T Millie, and I am Plain Shane. And today we're going to be talking about. Customer service. And I feel like this is a topic that everybody can kind of relate to. I mean, anything and everything you do is customer service, right? Like your everybody your life is customer service. Your whole life is customer service. Everybody's providing a service. <laughs> Lip service. <laughs> All types of services. All kinds of services. Right. You know, everything we do has to do with customer service. But before we get started on the topic, I just want to talk about Backtrack a little bit and talk about uh, the first 11 episodes of our podcast on We Can't Be Friends. Uh, so very much when we did those topics, we very much did topics that were close to home, very relatable to us to kind of tell our story, to give you guys a perspective of how we got from point A to point B and why we can't be friends. But we're also best friends to kind of clear up the confusion and give you an idea of our dynamic while also sharing some of our experiences in a comedic way. But moving forward, we're going to be talking about more generalized topics. And that is how we designed our podcast to be, is we want to talk about topics that other people want to talk about, or maybe even conversations that people don't want to talk about. So we're going to start this one off with customer service. And again, remember, these are just our opinions. We're just two regular, regular people from Ohio sharing our opinions don't take nothing personal. Right. Don't take anything we say as facts, even though some of the shit we say, we do lay some straight out facts. Some true tea. Some real tea. Real tea. And I think that we're going to lay down some real tea here. But again, just, you know, we're not trying to educate anybody, but we do hope you learn something. So. <laughs> After all of that, let's talk about customer service and what is customer service? Yes. What is customer service? All right, so we did do a little research. Okay, so the definition. <laughs> yeah, you like that. <laughs> I do. That was very um, forward thinking. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. So the definition of customer service, according to the Internet, customer service is the support you offer your customers both before and after they buy and use your products or services that helps them have an easy and enjoyable experience with you. I can agree to that. Yeah. When it comes down to customer service, with me being a hairstylist, I definitely provide customer service on a daily basis. And it can go sometimes good, sometimes bad. But I do try to provide an excellent customer service when it goes about being behind the chair and being a hairstylist. One of my biggest things is trying to provide them an experience at the end of the day. See, that like is the thing. Like, if you provide them with an experience, because that's what's going to, like... um make you be that individual give you it's gonna that, set you apart that's that, that there we go exact phrase i'm looking for that's what's gonna set you apart from everybody else because anybody can do hair you know anybody can be a stylist but it's like what makes you different and i can truly say my clients know i am a completely different experience than anybody else yeah i think sure. we talked about the terrell experience before i mean <laughs> that, that experience it's completely different than my hair experience. Uh, I would like to say they're both black magic. Uh, period. <laughs> so that's funny, though. But I'm an insurance agent now. But I used to work at a major grocery store. And one of the jobs that I had there was customer service trainer. And we actually had a class where I taught people for like four to six hours on how to do customer service. And one of the biggest things that we taught is that in customer service nowadays, because... It's so important. The biggest thing that you have to do is deliver an experience. If you're just giving customer service, if you're just providing a service, you're not going the extra mile. You have to deliver an experience. And I guess that really only pertains to certain aspects of customer service. Like sometimes you just need somebody to get the job done. But as far as like restaurant work, you know, having a good experience at the grocery store, having a good experience at your a hairstylist, the bar, you know, that you have to deliver an experience. And I think that's super important. And on that note, when we're talking about delivering good customer service, 
do you think customer service should be rewarded through tipping? So tipping is becoming way more common now, right? It used to be just like service industry. But now, you know, people are expected to, they tip at the dry cleaners. They tip, you know, just random things people tip for now. And, you know. Uh, do you feel that tipping a barber is necessary? Absolutely. Uh, hairstylist. Absolutely. Anything a, service industry, any sort of artist. Okay. Uh, I think so, you should tip. Uh uh, tattoo artist? Tattoo artist, absolutely. Okay. Ask my tattoo artist, I tip her. Do you feel that you should tip a um, a person that comes and takes your groceries? Like the person that, you know, when you go to the grocery store and they bring your groceries out? Do you tip like them? curbside? Yeah. I do. Okay. I do tip the curbside people. Uh, do you feel that you should tip a Uber or Lyft driver? So here is the tricky one, okay? Uh-huh. So when it comes to Uber or Lyft driver... I've been on that end of it. I've delivered food. I've done everything. So I know what they're making. And I know that tips also, you know, will make a big difference in how much they get paid. But when it comes to Uber and Lyft, that is like the one gray area for me where like I'll tip even if I get bad service. But in an Uber or a Lyft, I will not. If it is a bad experience in an Uber or Lyft, I am not tipping you. And if it's a great experience, I'm going to tip more. If it's just an okay average experience, it's probably going to be minimum. So I do think that tipping your Uber or Lyft driver is important. I mean, we used to tip our taxi drivers. If you didn't, you're weird. But we used to tip the ta- taxi drivers. Like I can say any of the people that's listening to me, I feel that you are supposed to tip a Lyft or an Uber driver, especially me personally being a Lyft driver. I feel that you are supposed to tip of your course you would feel that way. Uber driver all day long. One, because it's ridiculous. Like, literally now I've been doing it going on, like, nine, almost ten months. And I can say I've probably been tipped 15% out of the nine months that I've worked as a Lyft driver. And that is pretty low because I worked, I did DoorDash and all of that stuff. And I got really good tips on DoorDash and everything like that. Now DoorDash, they make you tip, like, ahead of time. So you know what kind of tip you're getting and everything mm-hmm. like that. So that was awesome. But I also had people, like, when I did the smaller delivery services, like Postmates and things like that where these people would forget to tip and you know i would log in like three days later and have a bunch of tips from people from days ago because they just hadn't logged back into their postmates and i feel like i am very guilty of doing that with uber and lyft no i get to the party i go in and it it, it even pops up on your phone like rate your driver swipe swipe right the fuck out they do they just swipe right the fuck out and And then i tip them when i log back in and that's i'll work on it i don't i don't (laughs) i don't be getting tipped afterwards they need they need to work on it how do you feel about tipping in a restaurant oh you would tip according to service always going to tip according to service i feel that really when it comes down to a server or somebody that is dealing with like food or drinks the more that you are attentive to me is definitely going to uh, make your tip be better or worse. See, I I am really weird about this because attentive to you, like some people really judge their experience based off the fact if the, the waitress remembered to refill their glass in time and stuff like that. And I just think like at the end of the day, if I'm coming to get served, and they deliver me food, they deliver me drinks, they're pleasant. If they fucking forget to fill my drink up because they like were a little bit busy or they didn't stop by or they didn't touch my table enough, I'm not gonna trip about that. I feel like some people really like, all right, she's getting she's getting bare minimum because I only got two sodas. Well, you only needed two first the fuck of all. Well, <laughs> I mean, we do have those. We do have those ones that's out there that's extra picky about that. I'm sure anybody can acknowledge that, yes, that you probably are that person, for sure. One of my old bosses said that. That's what it made me think of that. But, I mean, okay, like when I go to the bar, and to me, I have this this uh, rule of thumb now, and it's all because of, uh, anyway, the bar rescue dude, when I get to the bar, if I don't have a hello, an acknowledgement that I'm at the bar, that you know that I'm here, oh, honey, yeah. the clock is starting. Like, I'm not mad that I have to wait. I'm mad that I'm up here and you're avoiding looking at me to let me know that I have to wait. I, I know how, like, I know how this works. I know that you have to serve the people at the bar. I know there's, like, all these different, like, bar stations. You know, I know how that fucking works. Look at me. 
I'll be right with you. You know, I, all that my bartenders work. do that. That would be like so awesome. But a lot of people don't. You know how many times, I, even personally, we've been at the bar and we've been, wait, a long time. I, I can probably think of one time in my life, though, where I've not tipped somebody at the bar. And it was because it was my home bar and he tried, <laughs> and he, I, he had served me drinks before. And for whatever reason, I must have rubbed him the wrong way. He tried to ID me. And I was probably like 27, 28 years old oh, on some petty it. shit. And acts like he, and he's like, I don't remember ever seeing you in here before. Yeah. So he didn't get a tip for me. But other than that, at the bar, I always tip per drink. So if I'm getting four drinks, $4, three drinks, $3, one drink, $1. That's just the way I am. It depends on the bar too. If I'm at a fancier place, it's going to be more than $1. Yeah. I mean, that's. But at at my dive bar, it's a dollar a drink. A dollar a drink. Yep. When it comes down to giving a service provider a review. Do you feel that, okay, let's say you have a very horrible experience. Is it better to call? Okay, in my, let's put it in my instance for me being a hairstylist. Do you feel that it's better to go and give a review and put all that frustration in or giving that person the opportunity to render the situation? I always think it's better to give the person the opportunity to render the situation. And I'll give an example of why. And it's something that really impacts me when this happened to me, okay? I got a tattoo from my tattoo artist and she's my favorite person in the whole wide world. She does amazing work. And I gave her a concept. She did exactly what I told her to do. And there were some things about it I didn't like. But at the end of the day, I gave her the concept. I agreed with what she showed me. Mm-hmm. She did the work and I just didn't like it. So I was honest with her and it was kind of hard for me to have that conversation because I didn't want her to feel like she did anything wrong. So I told her and I was like, hey, I really just wish we could do some other things to enhance this because it's just not given what I needed it to be gave. And when I went to see her and she fixed it and she did her little touch ups on it and stuff, she told me that she really appreciated it because there are so many people that will have a bad experience, not even a bad experience, but not necessarily like the tattoo Mm -hmm. and go somewhere else and have it fixed or not have it fixed, but go somewhere else and talk shit about it, post it, things like that. She said, we love it when you come back and give us an opportunity to fix our own work because it's an insult if you go to somebody else, especially if it's like a, a mistake. You know, like I said, I gave her the concept. It wasn't her problem. It was just something that I didn't I didn't like it at the end. And I feel like a lot of people do that. They'll get a service, especially when it comes to hair and stuff, and they'll say they like it, even though they get don't. home, maybe even sleep on it, mm-hmm. wake up the next day and hate it, and then be a bitch about it. And it's yep. like, why you got to be a bitch about it? You you said you liked it, and now you don't. So tell me you don't like it. Let's see what we can do to fix it. For sure. What people sort of realize is that when you go about receiving said service and then you do not like it, you are that person that rendered the service to you, they are missing out on an, a learning experience if you do not let them know that, okay, at the end of the day, you did not like it. Like, you have really robbed them of a learning experience if you don't do that extra part and a lot of people say they don't want to ruffle feathers or this that and the third but at the end of the day like especially when you pay top dollar for a service like yeah i think you should let that person know like right especially like hair tattoos things like that you're spending big money for Mm -hmm. this shit so like say something give the professional an opportunity to fix it and and, uh, at that point you know if they're not willing to fix it or if they act petty like oh well that's what it is that's when you can act you're, you can feel some type of way. And I said, in the day, it is when it boils down to the customer service. Right. Period. So, like, if you don't give them that opportunity to go about. To provide you with that. With that customer service. Problem solving, troubleshooting type of customer service, mm-hmm. then you can only be mad at yourself. And then when it comes to reviews, that's another thing I taught in my customer service classes. Feedback is a gift. Yeah. You know, good feedback and bad feedback. Okay. Good feedback, we love it when you give good feedback. But I feel like nine times out of ten, people are only ever going to leave good feedback. They're going to go and because you asked them to leave them a review or you had such a good experience, you're like, I'm going to leave them a review and hope, you know, their boss sees it or something. But a lot of times, if people have a bad experience, they're just not going to talk about it. They're just never going to go there again. They're never going to, you know, they're never going to want that service again. I don't believe that nowadays. They get on that Facebook blog. They get on. Uh, I would say seven times out of ten. No, nah. they're just not gonna go back. I just think about. I just think about 
how the streets board the streetsboro uh little um community board on facebook twinsburg's little community. oh so they talk shit. oh honey you have a problem oh it's on the twinsburg board it's on the streets board like they go ham and that's the one thing to me about social media oh my god like the fact that it's so intense so when you go about providing that horrible experience, trust and believe you me, people are going to know and they're going to know very fast. And I and I, I like that people are sharing their feedback, but what I really hate about a review is that it is never three stars. It's always five stars or one star, maybe four, but it's never, you know, never in the middle, never. It was okay. Mm-hmm. I feel no. like hardly ever people are ever honest when they want want to leave a mean review it's going to be one star and they're going to make you sound like the worst person delivering that service ever and i just think that's so harsh like why don't you give genuine feedback like why don't you tell us exactly what we did wrong because that's the whole point of giving feedback people just want to get everybody canceled now you know what i mean it's like i'm giving you one star so i can really affect your rating <laughs> and i want people to read i'm laughing because like you talking about how like people don't give one star. They don't need to give one star and then you get five stars. So like as a Lyft driver, so like let's say I take a ride or whatever and I don't like this person. It's like, okay, you know what? I don't want them to be in my car no more. So you click no because they ask like, do you want to take this ride again? And you'll hit no. It'll give them three stars instead of like one. It'll give them three stars and then say that, you know, you have been unmatched. So I give people three stars all the time. Well, that's that's <laughs> by default. I give people three stars all the time. By default. Time. <laughs> Left is being so kind. But that's like even with our podcast, like I was looking in the oh, first, geez. I want to say the first week after launching, we had reviews, right? And I'm looking and it said we had, you know, whatever. It was not five stars. It wasn't all five stars. And I looked and there's one one star review. And I said, we made it. We fucking made it. We have a hater. We have a hater, and you know what? <laughs> because Maybe you, if you didn't need to like work it, on our customer service. we do. We need to work on. But our you know what? Service. Our show isn't for everybody. And my thing is, when it comes to podcasts, if you don't like it, then fucking go somewhere. To drop a one star, you're just a hater. So it really didn't affect me. It actually validated everything that we were doing. We are having the people hate us so good. But on that topic, make sure you guys leave us five stars on everything. <laughs> right? Like, look here. Would you not do that again? Because we get five stars. We really do like the five stars. We really have to combat that uh, one star that somebody gave us. It's probably like ten five stars to one one star. So we definitely need to, like, outweigh that one. Well, and then when it comes to those numbers, too. Okay, so. Talking about, have you checked them yet? I haven't checked those numbers. Okay, me too. I'm talking about different numbers, though. When I was teaching my customer service class, sorry if I keep referencing it, but if you have, if you deliver one bad customer service experience, it takes 12 to make up for that. Okay. Is what they say. And if you deliver a bad customer service experience, those people are at least going to go tell 10 people. And those 10 people are going to go tell. And it's like a trickle effect. Word of mouth is so powerful. And now it's fucking social media. It's so powerful. So you're, you're, you can go viral if you give the wrong service. So it's really, in fucking, it's really fucking important to keep yourself in check. Period. When it comes to customer service, fuck a one star. Don't post me on TikTok, bitch. I'm beating you up. <laughs> We're going to fucking fight. <laughs> I'm suing on. you. And I'm dragging you. I cannot. In more ways Talking more. about drag. Drag queens. How do you feel they should go about being tipped? I think that drag queens definitely should be tipped based off of investment. But I also don't necessarily think that it's a requirement that they look expensive and they look, you know, flawless. Because there are a lot of up and coming people. There are people that aren't as fortunate. And some people would say you shouldn't do drag if you can't afford it. But I don't agree with that because drag is a form of expression. I think anybody's entitled to do it, whether you have the resources to do it or not. If you're willing to take the bare minimum resources and throw some shit together and put on a performance, I'm going to tip you for that. Now, if you come out on the stage and you're looking busting and I can tell you're amateur and on bare minimum and you're not delivering, then I'm a little more apprehensive to give you a tip. I don't give a fuck what you look like. If you know how to deliver a performance... Give it. I'm giving you my money. It's it's definitely all about performance for me. At the end of the day, because like, okay, 
you're more into the drag community than I am, so you have your friends and the people that you like this and third. For me, it's got to be performance. You got to make me be like wanting to get up there to give you my go crazy hard earned money, honey. Even if it's a few dollars, this is my coin. So if you don't make me want to get up and shake my ass, I mean, no, I'm not about to give you no coin. And then on the same note, you know, to piggyback off of what I said, I don't care how fucking expensive you are. If you get up there in two thousand dollars worth of drag and deliver a dry performance, yeah, I'm going to be hesitant to give you as much money. I'm probably gonna, you know, I'm always gonna try and tip somebody. You know what I mean? But I do tip more depending on what is being delivered. Now So you feel like you should have to you should you feel that each performance you should have to tip someone. You should a, a drag queen should receive a tip. Not necessarily okay. Because here's the I thing. Was about to say, I don't agree well here's the thing. I've I've went to a lot of open stages, you know. I've been in the drag community for over ten years now. Went to a lot of open stages and stuff, a lot of amateurs, okay, that deliver dry performances. But sometimes I look at these amateurs that deliver dry performances and I can tell they're nervous. I can tell they're scared. They, they're out of their element. They're trying to get more comfortable. They're really trying. So I will tip you based off of effort. I will tip you based off of courage. Now, if you're just a queen that gets up there and thinks that you can just lip shake and stand there and yeah that's what i'm talking about that's what i mean when i'm talking about dry when you're not even trying i'm talking about bitches that have been doing it for years that used to do backflips and splits but now just go up there and do a ballad or just do something simple and just walk around with their hand out trying to collect i mean you know you invest in your time and people will tip based off of loyalty and fanship and all that but i'm not i'm not gonna tip you the way i would if you was to deliver no, I've, to me, again, you're a performer, and the service that you're supposed to be providing is entertainment, so if you're not giving me said entertainment, I'm not going to give you said tip. Like, I'm, I don't care. Yo, no, yo kiddo Taco Bell for you, bitch. I don't want okay. to tell you. And Sorry. another thing, another person I will not tip, another drag queen I will not tip, is the drag queen that snatches tips, bitch. Don't ever snatch money out of my hand. I, you're lucky I don't drag you off the stage. And I can listen. I've done drag. We do not condone. We don't violence condone violence at all. On, we can't be, we friends. be friends. Yeah, we don't. But no, I've I've I did drag for five years. I know what it's like. I I also do not want to tip a drag queen that just doesn't acknowledge their audience. They think that they're just a celebrity. Not even if you don't snatch the tip out of your hand, you're looking all over the audience and you're grabbing money from like four different people and not even looking. Like, acknowledge the people that are supporting you. Those people in the audience, yeah, they're watching and they're clapping, they're cheering you on, but who's giving you money? True. You know what I mean? So, if I acknowledge that you're not giving me the respect as a patron, as a as a fan, as a tipper, then it's going to make me feel some type of way and I'm not going to want to, you know, run up to the stage as quick. No, I can feel that. All right, let's revert it back to, you know, the main topic of this is customer service. And I do want to talk about one thing when it comes to customer service is the way people are treated differently based off of the insurance that they have, or if you have insurance at all, and do you feel that the insurance, okay, let's say I go to the hospital. I got Medicaid. So shout out I Obamacare. Go, Hello. No, shout out to, shout out to Care Source. Hello, how you doing? <laughs> What's up? No, no, can I tell my story real quick? <laughs> Shut up. No, but go ahead. You can, you can put me on front. <laughs> So we're going to talk about medical insurance (laughs) and as it pertains to customer service, but I have to tell y'all a story, okay? (laughs) Me and Terrell are both on Obamacare, okay? Shout out to Obamacare. I am on Medicaid. Which is Obamacare. Anyway. We're on Medicaid, and uh, he has CareSource, (laughs) and I had Melina. And we were talking about it one day. We were talking about insurance, and he's like, I was like, oh, I have Melina. He's like, oh, ew, I don't have her. I don't want her. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, no, I don't want no Trump insurance. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? He said, Melina, that's his wife, right? And I fucking... <laughs> he thought Melina insurance was Melanie Trump insurance. Because, you know, Obamacare, Medicaid... He thought he he had care source oh. and I had a Trump. See, he so thought he had Obama when, when, and I had when Trump. When Trump got into office, so what I thought <laughs> happened was when Melina's Trump, been all around listen, way longer. When 
when Trump got into office, what had happened was I thought that Trump got rid of Obamacare and came up with Molina Care, and Molina Care was his wife's care. So when I, I put the two and two together, I said I don't want Trump's insurance, Molina. But it's not <laughs> Milani. Is it Milani? It's not Milani. It's Molina. And I thought it was <laughs> Trump's wife's insurance. Don't be mad. I put in. I didn't know. Because guess what? The Molina didn't become popular until Trump's wife was a part of the situation. That's not I'm, true. Well, that's true to me. Because you've always had care sores. Period. <laughs> he thought he had Obama and I had Trump. Oh, shit. Anyway, we both have Obamacare, <laughs> Medicaid. <laughs> but I'm not going to qualify okay. anyway, anymore. Right. But anyway, right. we're not going to talk about it. Right. <laughs> So, when it comes to medical insurance and customer service, let's talk about it. I do feel like, I can say when I go to, you know, the hospital or go to the doctor or whatever, the service that I get is actually very well. I mean, because, I mean, they know they're getting paid. You do have insurance. I have insurance. But I do see, like, when I'm in the waiting room and folks don't have insurance, I do feel they are treated differently because it's like... I'm not about to take care of you if you don't have said insurance. Whereas, like, isn't that kind of backwards when you're the doctor and you're supposed to want to save lives? Right. And then there's financial aid and all kinds of things like that that'll pay for everything. And then the amount of money that they get paid, like the medical industry is just wild. But I've been on, I've been in that situation because, you know, you're on your parents' insurance until you're what, like? 26. I think you can be on there until you're 21 if you're in school. It's 26. Whatever the case may be, I was not on my mom's insurance at the age of 20. Like, after, like, 20, I want to say 20 years old, I wasn't on my mom's insurance. And I was going through all kinds of stuff with anxiety. So I was always, like, going to the doctors or going to the hospital, whatever the case may be. And when I didn't have insurance, the entire experience changed. When I had insurance, it's just like, you know, I got I got the services I needed. And I'm going to elaborate more on different types of insurances soon. But I'm going to talk about when I didn't have insurance, okay? They treat you like the scum of the earth. Okay, you wait longer. Definitely agree on that. They don't offer you any sort of immediate help. So I'll I'll give an example. Okay, when I go to the hospital with insurance and I'm in pain, I have acute laryngitis, my lymph nodes are swollen, I'm getting fucking, uh, what is that? Dilaudid. They're giving me Dilaudid and my brain is tingling. From how high I am from the pain medicine. Okay. If I go in there without insurance. They are giving me ibuprofen. <laughs> and that is no fucking lie. Okay. They And listen. They don't give a fuck about no fucking financial aid. And what, you, what you're going to fill out after this. Or you know. They're just going to assume it's going to collections. And they're giving you ibuprofen. They're discharging you as fast as possible. You know, they're sending you home and telling you what to buy over the counter. When I go into the hospital and I have Medicaid, I get, like I said, I'll get, you know, they'll give me, like, if I have anxiety, they'll give me, like, Ativan to calm down. Now, when I had insurance and I had United Health and I had Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield through work. Oh, Jesus. Listen, and I went to the hospital. I was in a fucking suite. Oh, like okay. a suite. You could have did a drag performance in my hospital room. It was so big. I cannot. That is so funny. The medicine, every four hours. It's been four hours. Do you need more pain medication? So sure. So you like you, you get provided a better customer service than you do with, well, I mean, with insurance than you do without insurance, for sure. With and without, and then with insurance, and then with good insurance. True. And I mean, I guess it it makes sense, but the most disheartening part is the not having insurance part literally changes the demeanor of the healthcare providers in my experience like the, all the nurses suddenly are not no longer those like nurturing caring people they're very much bare minimum it's like you're you're literally treated it's not just the medicine it's the attitude true no i can definitely attest to that another thing i think is important when it comes to customer service is look in the part Okay, like when I ask to see the manager, I'm expecting to see somebody that's like well put together, somebody that's going to be well mannered, somebody that knows how to have somebody that has problem solving skills. Okay. So if I ask to see the manager 
and they come from some back office and they're looking crazy they're in sweatpants like just hair looking disheveled that really will deter me from having a good experience that's just one example though like when for for example like in your industry if somebody in my industry to me like even when i was in hair school you doing a hair to someone you have a bonnet on Oh, lies in the sea. My hair school. Oh my god, what girls, are you listening? Like, <laughs> what do you look like going to go get your client to go give them some highlights and this, that, and the third? And you got a whole bonnet on. Right. Am I supposed to know that you about to make my hair look fabulous and you looking like Chef Boy R D? <laughs> like, bitch, make it make sense. I am not a girl. We are not here at lunch. I need to know that you're going to be able to slay my hair. So what does your shit look like up underneath there now? Come on now. And then what would be the killer part is? Half the time, them bitches had nothing but a wrap on. Bitch, you could just put, took that bonnet off, put your wrap down, whoop, whoop. Girl, what? Did they don't want to mess their hair up while they're at work. Lie. That's for after work. Girl, please. You <laughs> ask who you are being a professional. You need to go ahead and do that. And now you are in the field. I hate when I go into a salon. I'm not going to say where I go because I go to several places every now and then. But when it comes down to seeing what these girls be looking like, I'm just like, oh, well, damn. It changes your perspective, right? Like The whole experience is different. And then I can't say, I mean, no shade, whatever. Like, your experience when you go to a salon versus a shop or a barber shop, it's all different. Different experiences. There's a totally different experience all day Break long. it down for us. Because to me, when you go to a salon, you expect pristine. When you go to a shop, a, 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 a beauty shop, you expect ghetto. Do you expect? I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say more laid back, more like family oriented. Ghetto. <laughs> and then when you go Gossip to a barber shop, you expect bras. You know what I'm saying? You expect the whole whoop de woo. Like, uh, go to even the the white boys barber shop. They don't call it a regular barber shop. Is is Mary Jane's or Lady Jane's? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a totally different experience than you going to a barber shop, right? You're right. I'm you ain't wrong. You go to you, get, <laughs> you you see John Roberts salon and you expect bougie salon. Right. You know, Charles Penzone. You right, extra bougie. But then when you see um, Queen Shop, Phases Shop, uh, Quick Weave Shop, bitch, you expect ratchet. <laughs> so you expect a different customer service. Well, I think I want to go to the shop, bitch. <laughs> I don't. I'm going to the shop. That's why Fuck I, the salon. Well, you well. I am a part of Salon Team Beyond, honey, period. Okay, so I, I, I as a bourgeois, okay? Right, My Twinsburg. Hudson, <laughs> hello, how you doing? Period. Man. The Team Beyond experience. Hello. <laughs> it is provided. It's different than the Terrell experience. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. <laughs> and it is. Period. I can't. But another thing is like, not, a, not just looking the part, but like hygiene. Look. If you stink, if you smell like cigarettes, yeah. If you uh, look disheveled, <laughs> if you're wearing ill-fitting clothes, I'm not gonna want to do anything with you as far as like cosmetics, like beauty, hair, tattoos, anything like that. Now, when you smell like Uchiwaluchi Bang Bang, no, 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 no. I'd rather not actually. I'd rather not. Presentation is key when it comes to delivering a good experience. Now, I will say there are bald barbers. I'm not necessarily deterred by that, okay? Uh, well, like, I mean, bald is a hair, is, is a style. Say so, that. I mean, it's you not, it's not, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's acceptable, period. Like, I, I like a bald head. You like you a bald like, head? Depending on the individual. Well, give me your, uh, your rating. <laughs> it depends on, like, what's the name? I can do a Dwayne Johnson. Okay. Period. I can do that. I can do a Van Diesel. God. <laughs> Period. Period. So, you know, <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about another thing when it comes to customer service. Okay. And I've been on both ends of this. But when you're calling somewhere to complain about something. Okay. The first thing I want to start by saying is, you know, we all have those moments where you are so fucking pissed off. Somebody like you were rendered a service. That was just absolute shit. Like, how could they even do this? How could they deliver me this when I ordered this? Whatever the case may be. Okay, and you go to call somebody, 
Remember, you're calling a customer service representative. You are not calling Amazon themselves. You are not calling FedEx's CEO. You are not calling Target's CEO. Whatever the case may be, you are calling a customer service representative. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you need to do when you get on that phone is make sure that you're talking to the right the, to the right fucking bitch, okay? Because one thing, I'm an insurance agent, okay? And at my office, I work at a local office. I don't work in the corporate office. One thing I will say, I cannot do shit for you when it comes to complaining about a bill, when it comes to like adding or removing something to your policy. All I do is sell policies. That's all I fucking do. I don't handle claims. I'm not a claims adjuster. I sell insurance. That is all I do at my local office. I work for a very popular insurance company and people will call and spend a good 60 seconds to five minutes complaining about something, whether it be their bill, telling me about a claim, telling me the entire accident, the whole incident, everything that happened, or, uh, you know, your company is supposed to be sending me a check and it hasn't went to this person. And I need to change it to this name and blah, blah, blah. And you're five minutes balls deep into this fucking conversation. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let me get you over to somebody that can help you with that. So not only did you waste your time, you wasted my time. And then to have the nerve, gull, audacity, gumption, and courage to fucking say, so I got to repeat myself now? Yeah, bitch, because you didn't take the time to figure out who the fuck you needed to talk to. Again, I'm going to connect you with somebody that can help you out with that. I'm going to connect you to the claims department. They did not understand the assignment. Make sure that you know who you are talking to when it comes to customer service. I've had to get on my mom about this before too, because she'll call somewhere, you know, the cable company, whatever, and be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, mom, make sure you're talking to the right person. If they're not giving you the answer you want, ask to talk to somebody who can, okay? They're just doing their job. And I feel like that is very common for us to take our frustrations out on the person on the other end of the phone. For sure. When you're not even talking to the right person, you're not talking to the person responsible at all. Like, if you want to vent, if you want to vent, get a friend, get a therapist, okay? Don't fucking vent to your local insurance agent, (laughs) because it's pissing me the fuck off. I have said, this is my friend, so instead of venting to people, I vent to the Better Business Bureau. They are my friends. Oh, he does. Okay. (laughs) And I've told people about this before. is my friend. So if I ever have a problem with not receiving excellent customer service, I do not have to cuss nobody out. I don't have to even do all that extra. I go to the Better Business Bureau.gov or whatever the hell it is. And I type in the, the business. I type in my complaint. I type in what I want to happen. And bada boom, bada bang. A lot of the times, my shit gets taken care of very quickly because nobody wants to be reported to the Better Business Bureau because it's not nice and it's not good. So it's just like... Especially when it comes to unethical shit. Like when they know they're, they're screwing you over, they're taking advantage of you. Call the better business bureau. People don't think that that carries weight, but it really does. And you've had some results before, right? Plenty of results. My brother, my brother, literally had a um, he had purchased a car uh, through what is it, Vroom, um, and he had got a he had got a Challenger, and they had picked up his Mustang, and they got the Mustang. He got the Challenger. He was so happy. Got the car. Great, awesome. A month go by. You get, what, 45 days, and then you should get your plates or whatever. 45 days went by. He still didn't receive his tag. Or uh, the, um, what's the paper? Registration. The, the registration. The title. title. Temporary so title. Yes, yeah, so he can get his title. I mean, get his tags. Another month go by. They send him another tag. Talking about, okay, we're going to send you the title, whatever, whatever. Another 45 days go by. Still don't got no title. I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Like, it got to the point where my brother wasn't even able to drive his car. So his car... Was sitting in the driveway. He had. I was like, "Bro, we need to call the Better Business Bureau." Like he was like, "What?" I was like, "Give me the information. Let me file a complaint with the Better Business Bureau, and I'll guarantee you're gonna get some. You're gonna get inter- uh, some interaction." Literally the next day, my brother had a phone call from the people trying to figure out what was going on. Next thing you know, which was so weird, they ended up paying for him to have a rental. My brother had a rental for like two months that they paid for. Because they were trying to figure out this whole title situation. And then when it all boiled down to it, they had to end up giving my brother a check for like $20,000. Because they, they couldn't um, 
provide provide the uh, car, provide the title for the car or whatever. Oh, but, they fucked up. So it was just a whole situation. But guess what? With that Better Business Bureau complaint, is what got the ball rolling. And then it was literally like forty complaints all about the same shit, like not receiving this, or they was supposed to receive their check for the car that they came and picked up, and they never received their check. I was just like, oh. Yeah, you got a case. This is going to happen. You're going to get taken care of. You opened up a door. And it got taken care of. Tell them about the AT&T <laughs> thing. Oh, my AT&T experience. Listen here. First of all, AT&T, y'all need to get it together because I'm probably about to have the, another problem with AT&T. But um, I had did the buy one, get one free. One thing, you do not put people on your telephone bill. You do not add folks to your to your line. You learned that. Oh, uh, we you? all learned that. Okay, so... Anyway, I put a little ex-boyfriend on my phone, whatever, whatever. Long story short, I was supposed to re- uh, receive um, the phone for free since I did the, BY, the, B- the buy one, get one free. And they did not take the credit off each month like they were supposed to. And I was just like, okay, what's going on? Like, y'all are supposed to uh, be crediting me for the phone each month. They wasn't crediting me. So they gave me some Rickman Row. I wasn't getting what I wanted taken care of. So instead of arguing with the people, I just went on ahead, put my complaint on the Better Biz Bureau. I got an email from the CEO of AT&T and definitely got my situation resolved very quickly. He ended up crediting my account about $700 and my situation was taken care of and my phone bill was paid for about seven months. See, that's the CEO. (laughs) See, you reached out to the appropriate people. (laughs) Make sure you are reaching out to the appropriate people. Are are your frustrations being directed toward the right people? What is your end goal too? Like when you're calling to complain, what do you want? Because a lot of people just want free shit. Some people just want to be acknowledged. Now, if I acknowledge the problem and tell you, hey, this is what happened. I'm sorry. That's what it is. And you get an attitude with me. I just don't understand. What was your end goal? Did you think that I was just going to bend up? That's what where, where it comes to the whole... Um, Customer or is the customer right. always right? Hell no. No, and so and that's the way we were raised, and that's the way we were taught. It's like the customer's always right, especially in like you know a grocery store or at a dry cleaners, things like that. But I say that wasn't it. the crazy part is though, and that's just me being truly transparent. Where it comes to the customers, and is always uh, the customer's always right. Now, when I am the person providing the service, and the person is coming at me, guess what, baby, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Now, when it's vice versa, oh, you're bitch. the exception. Yes, I am the exception to the rule, honey. Okay. Well, I think that with you, people mm-hmm. know what they're getting, and if you don't know what you're getting, you're going to find out. And if you don't like it, don't come back. And that's the T. Milvian experience, okay? Amen. But that's, that's a little bit different. I'm saying, as far as like, what is your end goal? Like, what do you want out of the situation? What are you trying to achieve? Do you just I want, want a resolution? Shit? No, I didn't. I want to. Re- if I, first of all, we're I talking about the like, people though. Oh, well, the people that that call and complain, it's like, what do you they expect? They normally want free shit. They and then, want free shit. Well, I'm just gonna take my credit. business elsewhere. Take it elsewhere. Bye. Well, they thought really like, no, the crazy part is though that shit do work. That's why they do that. Like, say, because I mean, we've all used it. I don't, I don't threaten to leave Directv. I don't threaten to leave AT and T. And when you go about using that threat. Especially when it comes down to business like that, cell phones and uh, cable providers and stuff. You tell them they about you about they about to lose their business. Oh, trust me, they are, they are definitely going to try to provide you with the excellent customer service. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to beg to differ because in insurance, if your rates go up, they went up. There's well, nothing you can do about it. Insurance and cable and cell phones is co- completely different for real, for real. Because I mean. There's only so much that you can can do on your end than a person that is on the cell phone side or the cable side. They can they can break some shit. They can bend some rules. When it comes down to insurance, we can't help that you know the state average or the national average done rose to a billion. Because bitch, when my insurance went up, I was pissed the fuck off, Mister Insurance Agent. Just so that you know. Well, insurance has went has taken an increase across the nation. I know in the state of Ohio, insurance went up all over, and that happened because of a cost of living. So if you're hearing this and your rates went up, that's be, that's why. It's every company, not just my company. Every company, we all had a rate increase. House insurance, everything went up. The housing market's more expensive. So you're going to have to pay more money because there's more 
value. Shit out there. Yeah, used cars are at an all-time high. Mm -hmm. So even a used car, people are like, "Well, this car isn't even brand new. Doesn't matter." Replacement costs. There's some. There's so many factors in it that cause rates to go up. So if you're unsatisfied, this is where I'm getting okay. As far as like, I'm gonna take my business elsewhere. If you're unsatisfied with the service, call and see if there's a resolution. And if there's not, go somewhere else. I always think it's smart to shop around for your insurance, your cable, things like that, where prices are always tend fluctuating. to fluctuate. Mm -hmm. There's always gonna be somebody else that's offering a startup <laughs> deal. There's always gonna be somebody that's offering like a two year contract. There's always gonna be somebody with a better rate. You know, if your rates go up or if your price for your service goes up, go somewhere else. Don't call somebody and waste their fucking time and bitch about it. You know what I mean? Just do what you got to do. Call, see if there's anything you can do about it. What can I do to get my bill down? Well, actually nothing. That's just, you know, the reality of the situation. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. And call and fucking shop around some more. You know what I mean? Like, why are people so vicious when it comes to being on the phone? And attacking somebody that has absolutely nothing to do with the situation. Because they is they is bullies over the phone. Yeah, I think that bully it's culture. Easy, it's easy to go off is, on somebody over the phone because I mean you ain't gonna do that shit more than likely in person for real. For real. Bully culture and cancel culture are so big in it's society so and customer service, and it's sad because it overshadows the people that actually do deliver good customer service. You know, you can deliver great customer service, but you know, have the wrong customer and yeah. have a funk put on your name to have somebody drag you through the fucking mud because they didn't like your service or they just don't like you or you didn't vibe. There's some real nasty people out there. And I think cancel culture and bully culture, I don't feed into the shit so much because I want to make a, I want to form my own perspective on a situation before I ever, you know, feed into it. Even when it comes to these celebrities and they said this and they said that, well, I, I have to see it for myself. Before I can make an opinion on things. Because nowadays, people are just, again, word of mouth, social media. People are just out there to drag you. And you can be a really great person. And we know we know so many cases where that's the situation. And so I feel like we've touched so many different broad subjects as far as customer service goes. Like, we're, like, going all over the place. I love it. And then, so, like, let's just talk about, like, common customer service situations. Like, just appreciating Good customer service, you know, salutations, saying hi, how are you? Please and thank you. Please and thank Come you. Come again. You know, would you like a straw? At the McDonald's drive through, like if I say, fuck, thank you, like you hand me my food, I say, thank you, have a good day, and you shut the window on me, it makes me want to jump through the fucking window. Period. Like, like I said, thank you, bitch. <laughs> I definitely feel like, okay, so now, since we're going to hit on that, like, okay, think about it like this. Customer service, to me, I can say, like, things have so changed since the pandemic. Like, previous to pandemic, <clears throat> previous to pandemic, say that. customer service was a totally different thing. People actually cared, gave a fuck, for real, for real. Not, not even, not, no shade. Like, that was real shit. The pandemic happened, and everything went to shit, and now people feel like everybody and their mama got cooties and shit like that, so they all got stank attitudes and this, that, and the third. And there's people a got shortage. People fucking lazy. And don't want to fucking work and this, that, and the third. So yep. now that folks is, now that times is back to normal and people have got to actually work and shit to make money. Bitter. They, they want to be mad. They're bitter. It's not my fault that you work at McDonald's, bitch. It's not my fault that you work at Walmart. But guess what, bitch? Put a smile on your face, okay? Because you got a motherfucking job, okay? And provide me with said service. Right. When you agree to when you agree to take a job and you agree to accept a certain amount of pay, you know, that is on you and I feel like you need to deliver a good service. I will say with the staff shortage, it is more common for you to get poor service, especially in the food industry, because they're fucking scraping people up off this off the streets off the street. to come work there. Yep. So you just have to decide and it's very much location, it's very much, you know you know, unfortunately it is. Like it you're, definitely is. You just can't go to these places anymore. And these businesses are going to shut down because of poor customer service. And the pandemic definitely had a lot to do with that. But I do agree with you. Like, as you said, now that things are getting back to normal, it's time to like suck it up, buttercup, because like the the, the show must go on. Period. <laughs> like at you this point. You work at McDonald's, bitch. You're supposed to be, I'm loving it. And you are hating it. And don't, I wouldn't even use McDonald's as an example because McDonald's gets paid pretty good nowadays, okay? But, and they still, my thing is, okay, you make $17 an hour. Why is my services if you're making seven twenty-five? Because it's, it's an attitude. It's a culture. Like, I feel like customer service is very much a culture. 
and your work environment is very much based off of everybody's energies. I, I'm a firm believer that energy is contagious. And I think that it's so much easier to be nice to people than it is to be stank face. And it makes your life miserable just to be down in the dumps all the time. Like I'm not saying be chipper and smiling and happy all day, but have some common respect, some common consideration, especially if you work in customer service. And if not, go get a fucking warehouse job. Don't be around. Do people. do different kind of customer service, you know, load trucks, you know, like There's if you another know, way to provide a service other than being in front of somebody. And when it comes to that staff shortage, you know, there are plenty of jobs out here. If you don't want to work customer service, there's plenty of fucking jobs. Plenty. Now, I will say when it comes to my own delivery of customer service as an insurance agent, okay, I've worked in customer service since I was at least 15. Almost every job I've ever had is directly working with customers, whether on the phone, face-to-face, whatever the case may be. And I've always been really good at it. I know how to be professional. I know how to meet eye to eye with happy customers. I know how to meet eye to eye with angry customers. I'm good at problem solving. You know, I've always been very patient and that's what I think helped me deliver that customer service class so well. You definitely need to be, to be in customer service, you have to have have patience, patience, right? You have to. I remember the very first time I got insurance, I walked into the insurance agency and the lady was a bitch. And she had all this jewelry on and nails and clickety clack. And what do you need? Okay, the, it's going to be this much. And it was like very much, she was straight to the point and she was a bitch, but she was fast. She was efficient. She's on the phone selling a policy while she's selling me a policy. Like, but I always remember she was such a bitch to me, but like she did her job or whatever and she got it done. Now that I sell insurance, you know, they want us to deliver good customer service or whatever. I have felt myself becoming that lady a couple times on the phone, okay? And of course, I know how to be a professional bitch, so I wasn't necessarily as aggressive as her. But I do find myself, when people call me and try and tell me how to do my job or, you know, tell me that, why is is my rate this much? That doesn't make any sense. My girlfriend is this and that. My patience wears thin. I'm always going to, I'm always going to deliver on my job. I'm good at what I do. But I definitely will change my aggression. I'm going to be a little bit more blunt. I'm going to be a little bit more like, well, your rate is like this because you've been in four accidents in the last five years. And that's something that we do take into consideration. Mm-hmm. Now, over time, those incidents are going to carry less weight. But as of right now, as of right now, this is the price that we have to offer. Well, that's fucking highway robbery. Well, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, I would suggest you shop around a little bit. And if you don't find anything better, give me a call back. Okay, don't call me and tell, like, I hate him. Why is it that high? Because that's the price I gave you. <laughs> if you. If you want it to be cheaper, say, are there any discounts you can provide me? There's a different way to talk to people than to, you know. And there may be some things I can do to help you out. Sure. But I'm going to be less eager to do that. Eager to help you mm-hmm. if you talk to me some type of way. And here's the thing. when it, And I'm going to keep it referencing my job because I sell insurance. When the rates go up, guess what happens? People call us and they cancel us. You know, when the rates go up at a different company, people call us to see if they can get a better rate. I want to get you a good rate because I want to sell you insurance. So if I can't get you a good rate and I can't sell the policy, we both lose. We're both mad. But you're mad at me because my price is too high. I'm not the company. I'm the agent. Right. Okay. So I don't make these numbers. It goes back to, again, know who you're talking to. I don't make the numbers. I literally put your information in. I do the application that you're too lazy to do on the Internet. And you're welcome. <laughs> and this is what we have to offer. Now, if you're willing to work with me, I'm willing to work with you. And I'll be honest with you and say, hey, this is honestly the lowest I can get it. Like, based off of the information you've given me and your driving record, your age, this and that, this is the lowest I can get it. I'm sorry. What is the highest policy you've seen? I sold a $5,000 motorcycle policy. I, I mean, I've sold $5,000 homeowner's insurance policies, but that's not as crazy. There was a motorcycle so what's that policy. What's that monthly? And monthly is like almost a thousand dollars. I mean, do the math because the motorcycle policy is in twelve months. Oh, okay. So it's a year policy. But Five thousand divided oh by god. twelve. I mean, that's a lot of many dollars. Yeah. That's four hundred dollars. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's like four. It comes out to about four hundred dollars a month. Listen, I sell car insurance policies that are four hundred dollars a month, a couple times a week. That's not uncommon. But oh for a motorcycle god. and it's seasonal, yeah, that was pretty high. That's nuts. 
and a lot of the times and we're not going to stay on insurance too much but the reason it was is because it was a brand new motorcycle it was a sports motorcycle he was young not only did was he just licensed he just got a motorcycle like just did the motorcycle safety foundation course and all that so there's so many different factors that go into your rate we're gonna have a whole episode on insurance but we'll keep it to customer service for now but my main point is when it comes to insurance or when you're calling about any sort of service just know who the fuck you're talking to okay <laughs> now how do you feel about punctuation like with appointments like late fees um booking an appointment and canceling no call no shows oh i definitely feel that when it comes down to a no call no show there should always be uh, a fee <clears throat> for sure at least fifty dollars because when especially in my industry when we allocate so much time for that service and expect you to be there at that time. You're missing out on money. Missing out on money. Some and... people are strictly on commission. Not everybody gets a base pay in the service industry. When you're talking about tattoo artists, when you're talking about hairstylists, things of that nature, you're not always getting a base pay. And yes, you make that decision, but that's because you deliver a great service. Mm -hmm. But if you make an appointment for $500 and you don't show up, you're fucking that person out of $500. Every single time. So yeah, like call and reschedule. If you're afraid, if you, if you know it's a financial strain, you know that before the day, Period. you know that before the day, right? Like don't fucking, don't call the day of your appointment or not call at all and screw somebody out of that money. And then being late, I mean, to me in my industry, I mean, there's always a 15 minute courteous and I'm an appointment only person anyways. And I do go about making my appointments to where if there are to be 15 minutes late is not going to make or break a right. situation. But at the same time, like, be on time. I am guilty of not always being on time myself. So that's when it's just like, it's always like that gray area. And you got to know where you're going to. Like, if you're going to a chain and those people are expected to push out so many people in a day. Mm -hmm. So if you're 15 minutes late, you're pushing into their next appointment and now you're messing with their money. So a late fee can be applied. Um, but what about when? What about when your stylist is late? This one, I, I, they don't provide no discounts, do they? Uh, I'm not going to provide no discount <laughs> at all. I'm definitely going to, you know, be like, I am so sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to provide an apology for me being tardy. But am I? You're still going to receive the same service. So, like at the end, of the I day, guess there's a know, line, right? It's definitely how a late line. were now, you? I can say, like, as far as me being a Lyft driver. People being on time as far as, okay, I get to your house. You looking at the damn map of me on my way to your house. Time is money. You, I arrive, you have five minutes to get to the car. Why you got to wait the whole five minutes to get out the fucking house, bitch? I don't understand. They do take their time. They too. take their whole fucking time. And this is like, okay, time is money. Or how about... Get all the way to the destination and then you cancel the ride. Bitch. Messing with the money. The, the canceling, like, people need to be more for. What the fuck? If you was, like, I am, I went from being 15 minutes away and now I'm two minutes to the pick you up and then you cancel this ride. Communication. Bitch, you just wasted my time. Like, look, right. just being canceled that ride if you didn't want the ride, girl. Like, come on. People are out here fucking with people's money. So when it comes to, like, cancellations and shit like that, like, Deposits yeah. are becoming more and more popular, okay? Yep. Like, you That's need to put a deposit regular. down, and people are so fucking weird about that, especially the older generation. Yeah. They don't want to fucking put a deposit online. No, I'd rather do it in person. They will go somewhere completely different if they have to do a deposit. And it's the deposit is not to set to make sure you have money. I think that's a huge misconception. People, For sure. I mean, it is kind of. I mean, it's like insurance, collateral, or whatever, but... The deposit is to secure your spot, to make sure that you come, mm -hmm. and to make sure that I'm not fucked out of an entire service that I'm going to be provided if you don't show up and yep. you decide to screw me over. People think a deposit is to prove that you have the money for the service. Mm -hmm. That's only half the battle. Because at the end of the day, a deposit ain't even the full amount. So it's, it's, it's that. It's a deposit. It is normally the bare minimum. So, like, trust and believe you me, we much rather you show up to the appointment than your deposit. Right. And Every a lot of people time. are very minimum when they come to the deposit, like 10%, you know. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to services like what you do, if you know the ticket's going to be $400, they need to give you at least 100 
So the way I go about it is two fifty and down, fifty dollars, two fifty and up is a hundred dollars. But at the end of the day, I'm still missing out on money either way though. Right, you're still if you don't show up to your appointment. And I think about like not only the amount of gas money that you spend to get to places, gas is expensive, but I think about like tattoo artists and stuff, they go you know, they might have a shop, they open up the shop, they turn everything on, they do setup, they get prep work, they sterilize everything. And now everything that they've sterilized is no good. They can't, they, you know, they, it's basically a waste. You literally cause people to waste products, gas money, and all kinds of things. Because and of I your... Know, like, that makes so much sense. Now I know why my uh, artists don't set up until literally, like, walk in the door. Right. If you're in the position to do that, if you're more freelance, you're able to do that. But in those chains where it's like walk-ins and people are booked 24-7, a lot of the times they're going to be ready. Mm-mm. So, you know, I just think people just need to do better when it comes to customer service, whether it's delivering or receiving. You know what I mean? Address the right people when you're receiving poor customer service and then make sure that, you know, you're at least trying when you're delivering customer service or don't fucking work in a job that is customer service. All the way real. Like to me, I feel that that's that be the, the problem. People get into a field or a situ or job where the customer service is really like needed is a big part of the job, and they are not set up for that position, that job. Like if you are a introvert, you should not be a waitress, honey. Like at all whatsoever. You know what I'm saying? Like if you can't be around people, you don't need to be upfront doing anything you need to be in the back be a, be in the kitchen you know be away right. from the upfront but when folks are spending a lot of money for an experience and you yeah. can't give that experience don't have that job some people are some employers are just filling a hole too and that's a that's another thing is like as far as directing your energy toward the right person if you're getting bad customer service from a, a waiter or a host or you know the person taking your order at mcdonald's you got it. You can get upset with them for having an attitude. Obviously, you know, if they get an attitude with you, you know, I'm going to clap back too. But I want to talk to the manager. Why do you have this bitch at the front delivering service when she has the attitude of a rock? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, get her the fuck out of here. And I do want to just kind of rewind back to tipping again because that's something I feel really strongly about is that, I, you know, me, I'm just a generous person. I'm going to tip because I know that that's how they make their money. There are so many people out there. I've made posts on social media to kind of get feelers out about this in the past. And there are so many people out there that think it's an option. And they think it's an option for them them to tip just as well as it's that person's option to work there for that low base pay. A lot of waiters, waitresses, they get a lower base pay because they get tipped. And the reason their base pay is lower is because they get tipped. You know what I mean? In the tipping industry. And they say, you know, the employer should pay more. Well, you don't know what their employer is paying them. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know when you're going to get a service and you know that it's in a tipping industry. They expect that. They live off of that. And you're fucking with somebody's money and livelihood when you don't tip. The only way I'm ever not going to tip somebody is if that person was just outright disrespectful to me. Okay. Poor service, slow service. Maybe I'll do bare minimum. But I'm never going to not tip somebody or under tip. I know I had a friend. What is your bare minimum? 20%. And people think that 20% is the appropriate tip. And you know, if you're balling on a budget, you know, do what you got to do. I'm not in anybody's pockets, but for me, I think 20% is bare minimum. And then for the better, the better service, you would add more to the tip. That's just the way I work. I'm not saying again, it's not fact. That's the way I am. I feel that 20, I mean, 20% to me, that is like ideal. That is. Depends on what you're doing though. To me, that's the ideal. Because if you're sitting there having dinner with your friend and your guys' meal comes to a total of $15, 20% of that is $3. You're tipping them $3, but you sat there for an hour. You took up one of their tables for an hour. Okay. Knowing that their hourly rate is lower they get they make money based off of how many people how many tables they turn in an hour the more tables they turn and the more tips they t- make in an hour the higher their hourly rate is so it depends you know if you were just there for you know 20 minutes they brought you your food it was a quick transaction okay i get that you know don't you don't have to go overboard but if you're sitting there chilling and having a whole experience and you know lounging in this space that somebody's making money off of i think 20% is not appropriate time is money it all goes back to time is money 
So I say tip your servers. Tip the, you know, even if they don't do a great job, you don't know if they're new. You know, I would, the only people that I don't tip is if they have a piss poor fucking attitude and are just outright disrespectful to me. I can agree to that. Yeah, I mean, everybody's out here hustling. You don't know if people are short-staffed. You don't know what they're going through in their life. They could have lost their grandma that day, can't afford to fucking take work off, and they're sad. You know what I mean? Like, be kind to people in the service industry. Exactly. You know, I've been I've been tipped. I've been the person that's been tipped. And it really it takes a blow to your ego when you do your best and you don't get rewarded in the way that you think is appropriate. And I can't say, like, even though, what's it called, I'm like, we say in the, in the industry, you know, tips are appreciated. They are appreciated. Right, they, they say they not are, required, not but required, appreciated. Not required, but appreciated. But, honey, they so required. They require. Nowadays, like you know how much groceries are? You they know what I mean? Required. If, if somebody is doing a service for you that you are too fucking lazy to do, whether it be cooking for you, delivering food to you, picking you up so that you don't have to drive, picking you up because you don't have a car, Make sure you show them their appreciation, especially if they delivered a good experience for you. Yep, period. On that note, I want to say it is that 37th hour. So I wanted to do a little thing called Let's Talk About It. And I didn't even tell you about this. It's just something I just kind of thought of. Uh-huh. A co-worker suggested it. Uh-huh. Um, I want to do a thing called Let's Talk About It, where we talk about it at the end of the episode. Um, where you go to our Instagram, you know, leave us a message, comment on one of our pictures. Let's talk about it. How did you feel about the episode? Tell us about what you thought about the episode on customer service. Did you agree? Did you disagree? What did you like? What didn't you like? And also feel free to give us ideas for what else you want to hear about. So we want to hear from you. So let's talk about it. And you can find us on Instagram simply by searching We Can't Be Friends and checking under the accounts tab. Make sure to show us some love. Give us a follow. And please give us all of your feedback. Period. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our combo between X's, T. Billy, and Blaine Shane. Like, share, and follow. We can't be friends on all social media platforms. And of course, make sure you listen to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs>